Three, two, one. Hold on. No. Okay. We're going to redo that. Three, two, one. What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the first episode of my podcast. Now, I know a lot of you are going to be creeped out by the sudden high quality of my voice. Um, I am clearly not using my iPhone's microphone. I'm using my actual microphone, which means that legitimate editing, editing and time went into making this video. Um, whether or not you enjoy, I don't fucking care. I'm doing this for my own sanity. I don't know. I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I never really had the chance. I never thought it'd be a video podcast. Isn't that called a vodcast? I don't know. I thought the first episode should be mainly me talking about, um, who I plan on inviting into the podcast into the future. Whether or not I plan on inviting friends, family, um, what we'll be talking about, political aspects, um, and just overall daily struggles of life. I think that, um, you know, sitting down in front of a microphone and talking about your feelings can be good. It can also help a lot of other people. Uh, I've also been told I have a radio voice. I don't know if that's true. I don't. <laughs> I don't know who to judge. I don't know who to ask to judge. Um, I still fuck up on my words a lot. I like my water bottle. This is a brand new uh, thermos water bottle here. It's very large. It's massive. I cannot express how big this water bottle is. And it only lasts me a day. Not even. But um, my name is Ethan. For those of you who don't know me, this podcast is going to be called... Who knows? It doesn't have a name yet. Unnamed for now. Um, I just kind of wanted to give people who maybe are going through some rough times or going through some hard shit, I wanted to give them somewhere to go, somewhere to listen, some something to listen to, some someone to take advice from. Now, I, I'm probably not the best person to take advice from, but I think I give pretty sound advice. I've been told I give good advice. I've been told I'm a good therapist. I, I don't know. That's up to you to judge. Um... I'm sorry for the sound of me drinking now. I don't know if you can actually hear that. Let's just hope that you can't. Um, the first episode, I think, like I said, I want to have, because, okay, me and my friends had been talking about starting a podcast for a rather long time. We even went into, we already had a name, the, no, what was it going to be called? No, the No Smoke Podcast, that's what it was going to be called. A group of friends, me, Daniel Valor, uh, Brandon Dry, Brandon Dre, and Diego Testa. We're going to all get together and maybe one other person and start recording a podcast. But the problem with recording a podcast with multiple people is that you n need a lot of equipment. A lot of microphones, you need cables, a place to record. We needed somewhere to sit down and and record the video and the audio for the podcast. But the problem was is that neither, none of us, sorry, not neither, none of us, uh, none of our schedules really kind of intersected at the right time. So the more we talked and the, and the more we spoke about it, the more I kind of dragged out and it came down to who needs to do what and everybody started kind of pointing fingers. So I'm sitting here, it's 12.36am, and I told myself, fuck it, do it yourself. 
And I think that's a really great place to start for uh, this part, this this episode of the podcast. Motivation. I I lacked motivation. I still do lack motivation sometimes for a, a large part of my life. When I was up until recently, I told myself all the time, do it later. You know, I was a procrastinator. I, I, I never told myself, I never gave myself a reason to, to push, to, to get up out of bed in the morning, to, 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 you know, do whatever it takes to get through the day. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that people who suffer from depression or anxiety or have trauma, you know, something is getting out of bed in the morning can be extremely hard for some of these people. And, and they don't really kind of realize that. So I think that motivation comes from within. I think that no one is going to be able to push you harder than you. No one is going to be able to tell yourself that you're a monster other than you. You have to be the person that doesn't need anyone else. That doesn't that doesn't have to have a reason to to do something. You need to tell yourself just do it because you can. Just just why do you think Nike's thing is just do it? You know? That's that's a that's a very good quote. Just do it. Now that kind of mentality won't always work in life. Now a very black and white mentality can be very uh, harmful um, if used improperly. However, I think that if you kind of learn to to push yourself, to know your limits, to kind of just know what you want to do and what you want to become, as long as you know it and know that you can do it, motivation will come naturally. It's something that'll just come to you. And if it doesn't, fucking make the motivation. That's the whole point. That's the whole. That's that, that. That that's what is. That's what motivation is. You just fucking have to go and do it. Just do it. That's motivation. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't don't have that. Don't have that ability. I don't have that ability even completely yet. I I'm a huge procrastinator. I I, I used to push stuff off all the time. I still do. I pushed off this podcast until twelve thirty nine. 12.39 in the morning on a Saturday, I told myself, fuck it, we don't need anyone else, we're going to do this podcast on our own, I'm recording with an iPhone 8 Plus, and I'm recording with voice recorder on Windows 10, alright, my microphone I've had for four fucking years, whatever excuse you have to make a podcast, it doesn't fucking exist, just fucking do it, so... Yeah, man. Honestly, like, podcasts, <laughs> definitely hard to do by yourself. Six minutes and 58 seconds in. It's already felt like a breeze, actually, not gonna lie. Got a fish the other day. His name is Delta. He's uh, to the left of my monitor right now. Seems to be doing good. He's a night, he's a night animal rather than a daytime animal. I think all fishes are nocturnal. He's nocturnal. I don't know if that's true or not. Don't quote me on that. He seems to be nocturnal. Um, maybe my LED lights maybe mess with his circadian rhythm. If fishes even have a circadian rhythm, I assume they do. Are they mammals? No. Do animals have to be mammals to have a circadian rhythm? This is why I need to have a podcast. I have so many questions, and I have so much random fucking thoughts in my head, and I have no... I have no no way to vent. No, what's the word I'm thinking of? 
no medium, I guess medium isn't really the right word, but uh, outlet, that's the word I was thinking of, I don't have an outlet, I don't have a, I don't have a way to, to talk about the things that I'd be thinking about, so shit man, if you're like me, and you got some spare time on the weekends from time to time, you know, record a podcast with me, yo, I, I got open spots. Uh, I think my friends aren't going to be too happy when I post this first episode of the podcast up on Spotify. Who the fuck knows? But, um, I, uh, I invite them, you know, Valor, Diego, Brandon, if you're listening right now, I invite you. Welcome to the very first episode of my podcast. I am ecstatic, 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 I don't know, to meet anybody who listens. Uh, I, I can't. If you're listening to me for more than two minutes at a time, I can already tell that you're just as crazy as I am. So, you'll fit right in. Um, yeah. Well, welcome to the to the podcast, everybody. Uh, my name is, as I already said, Ethan Forrester. Nine minutes in. I'm 18 years old. I just graduated high school. Going to college for law. Uh, there's not much else about me. You know, I guess if... You want to be listening to my podcast? You should know about me. Um, I was born in a small rural area in Delaware called. Um, oh my god, I can't remember the town that I was born in. Where was I born? Newark. <laughs> I just pulled the fattest fucking brain fart right now. I was born in Newark, Delaware, on November thirtieth, in two thousand and two, at one forty-six in the morning. Uh, it was a very r- cold, snowy night in November. Uh, it was Delaware, Newark specifically, so I assume traffic was fucking horrible back then. Still is now. Uh, I lived in Delaware with my mom, who was pretty young to have a kid. She was in her mid-late 20s. Uh, still in college, still going to school, to still going to nursing school. Um... She lived with her parents, her dad and her stepmother, um, and I lived with them too. I lived with them until I was about four years old, uh, when my mom decided that my dad was no longer uh, sufficient. He just wasn't supporting us enough, so she moved all the way from Newark, Bear, sorry, Bear, Delaware, to Punta Gorda, Florida. I don't know how. I don't know why. But. We'll move along and. I. uh, Couldn't be more grateful for someone in my entire life. Uh, My mom. My my savior. She's the one and only. You know she's my mama. She's my ma. Now we, uh, we live in the life. So I was about four years old. When she moved to Punta Gorda, Florida, with me, I was baggage. Um, she never married my father. They were never married. Um, she met a man named Fernando, who would later become an abusive stepfather. Uh, and um, she had two more kids. Um, she had my brother Stefano when I was about um, eight, maybe. Uh, just about maybe seven or six, like 
six and a half, maybe seven. She had my old younger brother, Stefano, and my younger sister, Layla, when I was about eight. Um, once my brother, Stefano, was born, my stepfather kind of really realized that I was never his son in the first place. I wasn't his kid. I was baggage, like I said earlier. So the way he kind of treated me from then on out really kind of changed. But I dealt with it. You know, it was shitty. It was really bad. It was, you know, I had rough times. But it, it may be the person that I am today. So I dealt with his shit for a long time. Up until recently. Um, we moved a lot. Uh, I went to a pretty country middle school. All throughout first and fifth grade, I was normal. I kind of fit in a little bit. Fifth grade, I really kind of made the first impressionable friends I've ever had. It was Ryan Weiler. Wheeler? Weiler? Wheeler. I think it was Ryan Wheeler. Maybe Weiler. I don't remember. He was adopted. Turns out he was Russian. His parents were his adopted parents, and I didn't tell him until he was older. But basically, my sixth grade, I went to Puna Rota Middle School. Uh, that, that was fucking horrible, man. If you don't know much about Florida, if you don't need, if you know about Florida, just don't know about Punta Gorda. Punta Gorda is, oh, it's mierda. It's a terrible place. It's just trashy, red, you know, redneck, white trash part of Florida. It's called Punta Gorda, which is ironic because it's, it's Spanish for fat point. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's redneck white trash area, you know, cheap middle schools, people drive around Trump flags on the back of their trucks, such and such. Uh, that's when I kind of first really started getting bullied. I was starting to eat more because as I was getting older, the, the abuse from my stepfather kind of continued to, to degrade and, or I don't know if you would consider it getting better. He got better at it. He literally became more skilled at getting abusive over the years. So I think when I was about in fifth grade, I kind of realized that it wasn't normal the way he treated me. So I ate my problems like any little kid would. I either ate my shit or I uh, I didn't start hurting animals. I didn't turn into a psychopath. So, um, yeah, thankful there, I guess. But um, it was it was tough. I ate my problems. I got I gained a lot of weight. Still have that weight up until now. I lost 25 pounds, you know. Not enough, though. Not enough. But back on the subject. Uh, sixth grade was kind of weird. I first kind of realized that I had musical talent when I was in fifth grade. Um, that's when my parents, my mom, kind of, I call them my parents. My parents refers to my mom and my grandparents. My parents, um, uh paid for piano lessons for me because they found out that uh, I have close to perfect pitch and I just like music so I call it close to perfect pitch because I I can get it within an octave usually or two or three notes if I'm lucky but it's, it's not really um I say an octave that was that was dumb probably more like a note or two it's I'm always a little bit sharp but um that's not the point I I kind of realized I love music I like jazz man I loved Coltrane I loved saxophone players man oh 
I came into sixth grade. The first instrument that I saw, I immediately knew what I wanted to play. I picked up the saxophone and I rested my fingers on those beautiful keys and the way my the fingertips just perfectly fit in the dips and my thumb rested on the back arch and my pinky naturally went to the to the sharp and flat keys on each hand. It was wonderful. I loved it. I picked it up. I instantly knew how to play it. I don't know how. I just picked it up. I instantly put it in position and I played. It was magnificent. That was the first rush, the first high I ever felt was playing an instrument. And that was when I realized that music is in my soul. Music is in my blood. You know, I love music. I love listening to music. I love creating music. Music is just my soul. Music is soul, you know, and that was a creative outlet for me for a long, long time. Making music, writing music, playing music, singing, whistling, whatever it was. You know, it was tough. Middle school, I was the band kid. Hung out with the band kids. You know, because that's where I felt safe. Because the band kids were similar to me. That's where the people who are, not always, but the people who have what what my family likes to call trauma with a big T or a little T. People who have trauma tend to go to places like drama club or band or art. Clubs where they can, they desire to feel fit. They desire to fit in. They desire to be normal. So... Um, I joined band my uh, band director his name was Mr. Courtney uh, he was this Hawaiian I think he was Hawaiian this Hawaiian white dude he was a legitimate conductor he was a good he was a good conductor he was a good uh, whatever you want to call him but um, <laughs> he used to always come to school <laughs> and our, our band room was kind of large so you would walk in through the band room into the band room and it would be this elongated hallway almost and to the right when you walked in through the doors you would see these big windows and inside the windows you would see his office and that's where his office was to the right but then beyond a little bit more forward would be the whole band room so when you would um, sit in band you would be facing the exit and his office Um, so he would be sitting in his office before class started and we would all come in and set up, and we had what we would like to call designated tuners, someone who was rich enough to pay for uh, tuning apps on their phone, <laughs> or someone who was rich enough to actually bring tuners. It was a very poor, you know, redneck middle school. So they would come up to class, and they would say, woodwinds, brass, anything else, percussion, y'all need to fucking tune. They would make that joke all the time. That was so fucking boring. But, uh... Yeah, the day would start, they would come up, they would tune, they would go sit down, um, someone would then tune them if they weren't in tune, usually they were already in tune, um, and then Mr. Courtney would come out, no shoes on, because he was just that man, no shoes, Hawaiian shirt, cargo shorts, fucking bald head, ready to go, you know, didn't say a word till he stepped up on that platform, and just went, and everybody, you could, you could feel the room tense, right there. That that little, where you feel you feel butterflies. The hairs on the back of your neck tingle. It's a good feeling. It's a great feeling. You watch him. You just. I'm, I'm for those of you who aren't physically watching. I'm 
doing this kind of swooping animation with my hands. If you've ever seen a conductor when they step up on stage and they have their little baton to keep time and they do that thing where they're just about ready to play and they raise their hands and that's that that's the key for you know people who are in band to to raise their instruments to their mouth and straighten their backs and take a nice deep breath. That's the cue to get ready. That's the cue to step up. It's time to fucking do this. So he he wouldn't say a word. I had him first period. It would be early morning. I, I would have just gotten off the bus. I uh, had my own rented saxophone, so it wasn't a school saxophone. It was nice. I was lucky enough. I still have one underneath my bed, or it's in my closet. I don't remember. But um, back on the subject, he wouldn't say a word. He would step out of his office, shoes off, Hawaiian shirt, cargo shorts, as I said, completely fucking bald. He was balder than a motherfucker. Uh, and he would step up. No words. Everybody would be ready. And he would just start. And he would say. He would point at sections. And the section would do a scale. So maybe he wanted to do jazz scales that day. Or maybe he wanted to do chronic scales. Whatever you want to fucking call them. I forget the words. It's been so long since I've been in band. But um... Chronic? I don't know if that's a word. Synchronic? No. In order. So from like a C scale to a C scale. We would do in order. All of our scales. And he was a good he was a good conductor. If someone was flat or if someone was sharp, he could relatively tell. And he would make this weird little grabby thing with his hands. Like a, a you know when you like mimic somebody with your mouth like you're have a sock puppet on your hands? He would do kind of that in their direction. To let them know that they're... This was his way of saying that they're too much. So, he would do that. And, um... They would tune. Uh... <laughs> if, if it was a specific person... He would get... He, he had anger issues. Um... He would get very angry sometimes. I remember one time a clarinet player... Asked if they could have a strap... Because they felt as if their instrument was too heavy. He got upset over that for some reason. He called them weak. I thought that was <laughs> rather funny... Um, uh, but band was a, was a, was a nice place for me to be. It was a place where I fit in, you know, it was a place where the kids who didn't quite understand everybody else went. And, um, a lot of those kids didn't make it. Um, some of them committed suicide. Some of them were killed. Uh, one girl, her name was Willow. I didn't know her personally. She um, committed suicide in my sixth grade year. It was a big deal because she was in band with us. I remember uh, sitting across from her one day in jazz band with my bassoon. And I looked at her. I didn't really notice much about her. I thought she was cute. I thought she was super, super cool looking. She hung out with this uh, one girl named Taylor. She had uh, pink hair. Pink hair. I was in love with that girl, Taylor. Sixth grade me in love with an eighth grade girl, Taylor. Pink hair, played the flute, big boobs. She was cool. Thought she was super nice. So um, when Willow killed herself, she was really upset about that. I, I felt bad. A lot of the time I tried to comfort her, but the fuck was a sixth grader going to do in that time? You know, I, I used to wear gym shorts to school, like like those neon green outfits that we all used to wear in sixth grade, the boys used to wear. 
if if in my school if you weren't wearing country jackets and like you know camo jackets and jeans and boots you were wearing neon green nike shorts with white socks and adidas sneakers and a <laughs> and an equally bright neon green shirt um so i i didn't really look that good uh so she didn't pay much attention to me but there was there was other people i i still remember a lot of people from my 6th grade class Ryan Weiler that I mentioned previously in fifth grade went to the same middle school as I did. He and I became really close then. I used to go over to his house all the time. My family was poor. We weren't poor. Okay, we were struggling to fit into middle class because it's hard to be middle class. We almost lost our house because of the the uh, regression, I guess you could call it. Not quite sure. There was a weird economical split there, and uh, we almost lost our house. But um, we we were all right. I guess we had food in our cabinets, and we had a house over our head, and we had electricity. We were almost evicted, but you know we made it through. And um, I used to go to Ryan's house all the time because it gave me a way to escape the 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 way I was treated by my dad, or just a way to you know, kind of see what it was like to actually have money for once. He lived in, he lived essentially on the beach side of Puna Gorda. It wasn't beach side. It was more of a river inlet. Maybe it was a very large river or I think it actually was a beach. I think it was just a rocky beach, not like a physical beach you can walk on. And he lived in a two-story house and, you know, they had two golden retrievers and their mom was nice and they had a pool and you know they had fancy furniture all their doorknobs were glass diamond looking things they had wine cabinets underneath their stairs type shit you know the second floor there was the the big big room where uh his older brother stayed but that was more like the entertainment room when i say this was a big room i mean it was a living room on the second floor very tall ceiling, you know, immensely tall, it was big, maybe it was a lot smaller than I remember it being, because of course I was smaller back then, but, um, we used to play Xbox 360, we used to play Lego Batman, we used to play, you know, Call of Duty Black Ops Ghosts, Call of Duty Ghosts, sorry, not Call of Duty Black Ops Ghosts, just Call of Duty Ghosts, and, uh, that was my life, you know, I grew up on that, his Xbox 360, I didn't have a entertainment system until I was about uh, 14, maybe 15. Yeah, yeah, I think about 14. It was rough. I got a PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4. <laughs> Sorry. But um, back on the subject here about the whole middle school scenario. Uh, I made a lot of friends in my middle school years. Luckily, I made a few really good ones. Um, Ryan being one of them. I remember <sighs> Rihanna. I remember kids I used to play Minecraft with, I remember a kid named Noah, I knew that, that was a kid I used to hang out with in like 4th grade, that was a long time ago, but um, I didn't, I didn't fit in as much, in 7th grade it was a lot worse, 7th grade it definitely got worse because uh, we moved to a different area again, so we moved from Puna Gorda to Weston, so where we had stayed in Puna Gorda for a whopping 9 years, we now moved to Weston because we deemed that um, my mother wasn't making enough money and my 
shitty stepfather wasn't making enough money either. He was barely making any money. My mom was a nurse. She worked in hospital. She worked in a hospital. She worked night shifts. Her income was stable. My stepfather was a realtor. His income was not stable. If you know anything about realtors, it depends entirely on the realtor's ability to sell. He's a snake. He can sell a fucking chair if he wanted to because he's such a snake, bro. He would sell the chair and then he would somehow con them for their money. Either that or he would just (laughs) extort them into buying it. I don't know. But... He barely made any money, but not because of... It was a mix. Maybe because of him, maybe because of the area. The area was really crappy. It was hard to sell single-family homes in a town where almost everybody knows everybody. No one wants to move there. You know what I mean? So, we moved out to Weston, which we're starting to move up the chain here. So, we moved from middle-of-nowhere Delaware to a somewhat recognizable place in Florida called Puna Gorda, and then to Weston. Now, Weston was a big deal because Weston is a more popular area. This is where I started to see apartment buildings, you know, condos, townhouses, stuff like that. This is where I was introduced to a, a, a more diverse ethnicity uh, mixture in my school. There was people that spoke Spanish in my school. That was something that was non-existent in um, uh, Puna Gorda. There was no one who spoke Spanish in, in <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to call that area. So, I'm sorry, I'm watching my fish. He is currently trying to swim underneath the roots of a plant that I've planted in the sediment. And because he's, like, on crack, he has somehow literally managed to unearth the plant. This is a very small beta fish, by the way, about the size of an eraser. Like, not like on the tip of your pencil type eraser, but like the pink ones you used to borrow from your teachers in school when you didn't have a pen or a pencil. Somehow doing it. You go, little man. You go. But, uh, anyways. <laughs> Weston was different. I, I started meeting people with last names that I couldn't pronounce because soy gringo. Y- and, you know, I met people from different cultures and different religions. And that was nice. That was cool. I liked that. I thought it was super neat that I could finally meet someone that I couldn't understand, that I couldn't relate to. I was like, that's, that's so cool. You know, I, I thought it was... I thought it was neat. I thought the, I thought the girls were super hot. I thought the guys were super cool looking. I wanted to be like them. You know, I, I was in seventh grade. I wasn't quite the bottom of the chain, but I wasn't the top of the chain. I was in the middle. You know, you don't really do much in seventh grade. I was in band again, this time still playing the alto saxophone. <laughs> My band teacher's name was... Oh, God, what was... Mr. Courtney... Mr. Cox was 8th grade. Mr. Wilson? Mr. Wilf? Something with a... I don't know. He shook his baby. That's all we know. His mugshot was on the internet. If you looked up his name and then mugshot, it would pop up. Apparently, he and his wife were driving one day and his baby was screaming and they were having an argument. He just (laughs) fucking shook the baby. Shouldn't have done that, my guy. I don't know how they hired him. I don't think he told him he had a criminal past. I think they have to. I think he has to. Legally, he has to. They do a background check, right? <gasps> what if they didn't do background checks? That would not be good. That would not be good. Weston has been exposed. Yeah, I went to Falcon Cove Middle School. Same middle school that a uh, very popular rapper XXX Tentacion went to. 
now we're stepping up the chain. Shit's shit's getting cooler now. Uh, we lived there for a little bit. My mom, we liked the area. We lived in this cute little two-story townhouse, little-looking thing. It was nice. I had a room to myself, just like I did in previous Puna Gorda. I was more adjusted to living out in the backyard. I was a kid who dug holes and went exploring in the forest and built Legos and shit. And I wanted to build stuff with my hands. I wanted to build cars. I wanted to ride motorcycles. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be an adult. And um, once we moved to Weston, it was different. People wanted to be social media influencers. People wanted to be rappers. People wanted to be musicians. I say musicians as in, like, rappers in a similar sense. Um, people wanted to be porn stars. That was new to me. I, you know, I, I, I was into girls too at that age, but I wasn't like, yo, let's fuck shoddy. I was like, yo, you want to hold hands? Like what the fuck is up with kids nowadays? I, I wanted to bring a girl flowers and take her out on a nice date back then. Nowadays it's just, yo, you trying to have a one night stand so I can forget about you tomorrow with a hangover. But it was it was different, you know. I was a redneck kid, came from a pretty weird area. I definitely had an accent. Uh, I had a buzz cut. I was fat, sweaty, gross, not cool looking, bro. Definitely not. I had a, I had some friends. I'm, I made some pretty good friends because I was funny. This is where I this is where I catch up. My personality is a ten out of ten. I may not look that great, but let me tell you, I can entertain people for hours. If you're still listening to this, it has been 33 minutes you've been listening to my voice now. That proves my fucking point. Now shut up and listen to the rest of this, because you're gonna want to know. Um, I met a few people. I met a, a pair of Hispanic twins. They were fine as fuck. They were some magnificent looking people. They had nice boobs. They had a really pretty smile. They had beautiful eyes. They were skinny. They were thick at the same time. They were taller than me. That was new. Women who were taller than me. <sighs> in a sense that I was attracted to them. All the girls that I was attracted to in 6th grade were also 6th graders. And they were my height. This is the first time I had ever been attracted to somebody besides Taylor. Who was actually only that much shorter than maybe like a head. But it wasn't even that much. These These girls were noticeably taller than me, um, that was, that was something, uh, little did I know that they wouldn't even remember my name, uh, I don't even remember their names, something, eh, well, whatever, um, it was cool, first time I ever met Hispanic people, first time I ever met Colombian people, first time I ever met anybody from South America, you know, I, I had met, you know, Mexicans in Puna Gorda, but they were like, I, I didn't talk to them, I didn't speak to them, I saw them working, I saw them in restaurants, I saw them elsewhere, but uh, 8th grade is when shit hit the fan, 8th <laughs> grade, here, here is where it gets very interesting, hear me out, in between 6th grade, 7th grade, and 8th grade, I managed to move a whopping 3 times, that's once each year we moved, and, um, this was starting to, to, we were going a little bit too fast for my tastes. We had moved from rural Puerto Gorda to Miami. Miami. Fucking Miami. Viva la Miami. Like, 
Hola, ¿cómo estás? ¿Cómo, cómo tú te sientes? ¿Todo bien? Claro que sí. Welcome to Miami, type shit, you know? Like, it was too fast. We were picking up speed and I could not hold on. All of a sudden, where I had now come from country redneck, middle of nowhere, Florida, two years later, I'm now going to school with people who are smoking pot in the bathrooms. Now, I'm not saying that people were not smoking weed in Punta Gorda, but let me tell you, they were not doing it like they were here. Whoo! Rich, rich, rich people. Super hot girls. Oh my god. Rich people that I couldn't even imagine that rich. Talking what I thought was rich before were people who drove Acuras. An Acura. <laughs> people who drove Lexuses. People who drove nice new Subarus. When I saw someone drive by me in a Rolls Royce, that is where I kind of realized how much of an economical difference there is in today's society when I saw a guy drive by in a Rolls Royce completely decked out beautiful paint sparkles in it oh, it was magnificent it was beautiful I, I remember the car it was a nice white cream color drove by it was silent little thing on the hood windows tinted as hell rich as shit you could tell he had two girls in the back shoddy was man was pulling bro man was pulling I think that's when I kind of really realized how out of place I was because I was still pretty much I wasn't quite rocking a buzz cut I was rocking more of a short on the sides long on the top kind of look I dyed my hair <laughs> I did what most people would not do I went and dyed my hair <laughs> and I didn't do it professionally I had my mom do it we sat in my bathroom and we dyed my hair red. Just the top. Not the sides, just the top. She did good. It held out for a while. Uh we didn't we put the bleach in, so it stayed in a little bit, but it turned to an orange near the end. It's really kinda gross. And then we washed it out and I had blonde hair. <sighs> so but it wasn't quite blonde, it was a dirty blonde. Hear me out, hear me out. It gets worse, it gets worse. Christmas comes around, there's this girl that I like, and she likes the color green. I think you can tell where this is going. I dyed my hair green. I got her to bleach it again. We thought, okay, the red isn't doing so good anymore, why not try and bleach it completely? It didn't work. The bleach, for some reason, couldn't get out the red. It just made it even more like a, 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 a orange-yellow. And then we added the green. The green lasted a week. Um, it looked like Shrek had horrible, horrible diarrhea blood on my fucking hair. It was bad. It was green, red, brown mixture. <sighs> it didn't work. Thankfully, the bleach did something to my hair. Too made it too thin, too frail, whatever. The dye removed in like a week and I had permanently blonde hair for the rest of the time until it grew out and turned back into brownish black I had blonde hair and that was comfortable I was cool with having blonde hair it was I thought it was pretty dope so uh <laughs> ninth grade comes around my eighth grade year was kind of cool it was it was boring as shit honestly I I was welcomed to this new area and I was excited to meet all these new people but I quickly learned that I was not going to fit in and that I was better off keeping to myself. 
because I realized that I'm not going to be able to keep up with these people, bro. I don't, I don't have the same experiences that these people do. These people, the N word, that was new. I had only heard it with the hard R before because it was redneck racist Florida. This area was different. I had, you know, people were using it as a term of endearment. That was interesting to me. I wasn't quite sure how to feel about that until recently. When I was in like 10th grade. <clears throat> that was two years ago. I can't say recently. 40 minutes now, lads. We're going to keep on doing this. Uh, trying to think here. What I should, uh, where I should go with this. Where I should continue. Um, I, I didn't really talk to many people. I was in band once more. Third year now. Playing the tenor saxophone this time. Uh, I met a girl named Bella Perdomo. And a kid named Nathaniel something. I think he was named Nathaniel. Some Maybe M Miguel. Miguel was his name. The little muscular kid. He could do backflips and shit. We all played the saxophone. Bella was cool. Bella Perdomo was probably like my 8th grade crush. I was like, damn, she's cute. Her mom was a teacher. Definitely not a move. Uh, I was terrified of her mom. Uh, so I was afraid of dating her. I was afraid of asking her out. You know, I was in 8th grade. Who the fuck dates in 8th grade anyways? So, uh, yeah, we. I, I, my 8th grade year went by pretty quickly. It was a flash, you know. I did my work. I, I had a few Fs here and there. I had a pretty nice English teacher, Miss Alfonso. She was super cool. I liked her a lot. Uh, she was, she really kind of made me realize how much I like reading and writing. I had always loved reading ever since I was a kid, you know, like a little wee baby. I'm talking like third grade. I was reading Harry Potter and not like shittily. I was like on the fourth book and I was like actually in, in pace with what was happening. I was on the fourth book. I still have the collection. This is a collector's edition up there. It's a full set of Harry Potter books. I got it for Christmas. It was a very nice gift. I lent the third book to a Russian girl. She hasn't fucking given it back yet. Don't lend things to Russian women. You're never gonna get it back. <laughs> but, um, she made me realize that I liked reading and writing. She made me realize that I like writing specifically. She made me realize that I am able to create these incredibly detailed stories. I'm a great writer. I was in eighth grade and I was, she, she told me, uh, quote, you write on a senior level. I genuinely think that you should be placed in advanced placement or honors classes in your freshman year of uh, freshman year of high school. And I was like, damn, Miss Alfonso, thanks. <laughs> I was in eighth grade. The only thing I could look at were her boobs. I'm so sorry, Miss Alfonso. It's nothing personal. I'm not trying to be sexist. She had just had a kid, so sometimes she would come up to the front of the class and she would try and teach, and I, I would be interested in her subjects. We were reading some pretty interesting books, and she would have the weirdest nipple erections, bro. Like, we would be in the middle of class, and her shit would be poking through the shirt. I'm like, yo, it's completely normal, man. She had a kid, it's whatever. But it was hard for an 8th grader to focus, bro. It was really hard. I mean, come on, bro, like, 8th grade, and it wasn't just me, bro, I looked around the class, every guy was like, boobs, <laughs> so, uh, I, I met some pretty interesting people, uh, black people, now, <laughs> hold on, whoa, there, let, let me finish, I know everybody's already 
in the comment section. Hold on now. All right, hear me out. There weren't that many black people in Weston and, and Punta Gorda. I was I was interested to meet a lot of black people in in Miami. That was pretty cool. You know, I was white and redneck. They didn't want anything to do with me. So personally, I don't I don't blame them. But um, I think that uh. They were, they were, they were part of, partly the reason why I'm so culturally woke now is that we moved to Miami, which is why I mentioned earlier, I owe my mom everything, you know, I owe everything to her, she's the reason I'm here, she's the reason I'm alive, bro, puts a roof over my head and food in my mouth, this episode is purely dedicated to her, the first episode, that's why I'm telling you my life story, you know, that's why I'm telling you where I'm from, what I've been through, y'all need to appreciate your, your parents more. Um, I feel like a lot of that doesn't happen enough nowadays. Um, but yeah, we, we moved to, to Miami. It was pretty crazy. People were rich. People had money. People had drugs. Corrupted the shit out of me real quick, man. I was... Whew. They had me saying the N-word left and right, bro. I thought it was cool because that was who I hung out with, bro. I hung out with people who weren't white. I hung out with people who were mixed, you know, black, you know, whatever you want to say. They... I don't even remember half of these people races, bro. And I don't matter, really. I, I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have been saying it. But they they told me it was okay. So I was like, all right, you know, you good, G. I got you. So, yeah, I definitely let them corrupt me. They bullied the shit out of me, and I didn't even notice it. I thought they would be my friends, man. They called me school shooter, Ethan the Bomber. I was like, yeah, I was good. They called me Ethan the Bomber, bro. Can't believe that, man. So sad. <laughs> if anybody's ever been called a school shooter before, you know that actually, like, low-key hurts, bro. Like, I, w I have a trouble killing a fly, bro, much less shooting the people that I go to school with. So that, that I think that kind of made me afraid of high school, essentially. I was a big kid, too. Like, nobody really wanted to fuck with me because I was big now. I wasn't really small like I was in elementary school. My fish is stuck on the fucking roots, bro. Stop swimming in the roots. You're gonna kill yourself, you stupid fuck. I'm gonna poke him with something. Come on. There we go. Sorry, the plant is knocked over, and I genuinely shit myself every time he gets stuck because I think he's dead. I think his fin. What is up with you, bro? Crackhead. He's got a nice tank. I wanna make that very clear. His tank is filtered. He has UV lights. He's got a fucking heater heater in his tank. He's got live plants and everything. I don't want to hear that this man is not living the life, okay? You can see that the light literally changes colors here. It has a blue, a white, and a yellow light. But back to subject. Fuck me, I have ADD. <laughs> um, yeah, 8th grade year was something. I was introduced to new music. That was something, man. I used to go to school. In 7th grade, blasting dubstep on my little shitty tablet with my Dollar Tree headphones. And then I come to, to, to Sunny Isles, and people are blasting designer. People are blasting fucking shit. What was popular in 2020? That was 8th grade. That was four, almost five years ago. So that was 2016-ish. 2015. 2016 was my 8th grade year. So, like, 2015 to 2016 was my 8th grade year. What songs were bumping in 2015 to 2016? Let's take a look. 
Drake, oh, he, one dance. Uh, let's see here. Closer by the Chainsmokers. Eh. People were bumping Drake. Uh, there was some. I took a bill in Ibiza. I took a bill in Ibiza. I took a pill in Ibiza. Yeah, there's a lot of Drake, designer, Justin. No, no Justin Timberlake, Future, Lil Wayne, Chance the Rapper. Yeah, here we go. No problem. Sucker for pain. This is what I was bumping in sixth grade. Uh, Uptown Funk, more or less. Uh, I w it was different. I listened to a lot of music. Some DJ Khaled for free. Yeah, I remember for free. 24K Magic. Yo, Bruno Mars always been a favorite for me. But yeah, man, I, I was busting dubstep bro dubstep pentatonics if you know who pentatonics are you're a real one i was listening to acapella music i was a weird kid <laughs> so i come to this area and people are blasting songs like this and i was like all right i can say these words mm -mm. i could not say those words more likely shouldn't have it's entirely capable i just shouldn't have but uh it was cool like, I, I'm grateful for that. It kind of gave me the the experience to be who I am today. So my 8th grade year was kind of, it was, it was quick. You know, I had some experiences here and there. I had some nice ones. But maybe it was a lot longer than I remember. But now that I've graduated high school, my 8th grade year seems so insignificant to me. I, I don't know. But, um, <sighs> 50 minutes now, lads. We're just, we're keeping on. We're pushing through. It's now 1.22 in the morning. We started this at 12.10. Congratulations, everybody. Did we start this at 12.10? No, we didn't. We started it at 12.50. No, 40-something. 12.40. 12.42 is when we started. Congratulations, lads. Um, Yeah, this is going to be unedited, by the way. The only editing that there's going to be is I'm going to overlay the video onto the audio that assuming it's still recording yeah it's not my phone died a fat fucking minute ago however long that recording is it's worthless now um yeah so it looks like this is just gonna be an audio podcast then whoops oh well anyways uh yeah eighth grade year was was great i, I loved it a little bit i hated it a little bit ninth grade year was was something else i was a bit of a bigger kid no one really fucked with me anymore Peer pressure wasn't so much of a thing in middle school or, or high school as it was in middle school because no one gives a fuck in high school anymore, bro. Everybody wants to be an adult. Everybody wants to be grown up. So they're too busy trying to flex and act mature rather than peer pressure anybody. So I went to uh, Alonzo and Tracy Morning Senior High. Uh, it's a school that was funded and, and put together by a former Miami Heat basketball player and his wife Tracy Morning. That's why it's called Alonzo and Tracy Morning. Their last names are, are Morning. Um, this school was hell to me. <laughs> oh my fucking god. This school I have never been more disappointed in a building in my entire life. I am about to spend the next 20 minutes shitting on this building and I'm going to have absolutely no remorse um my first day we I showed up uh to the whatever you want to call it you know open house for freshmen I showed up uh they walked us through the school they made us chill out in uh, Mr. Donneth's room which I didn't know that's what it was at the time 
It was the marine biology teacher's room. This room smelled fucking horrible. It was it smelled like algae and tanks. And so they cramped the entirety of the freshman class that showed up for open house in this 40 feet by 20 feet room in which half of it had to be open for the teachers. And they basically told us, welcome to Alonzo and Tracy Morning Senior High where you're going to spend the next four miserable years of your life. Uh, they were like, you know, this school is great. You're going to have a lot of opportunities. You're going to, you know, succeed and become amazing people. I was like, yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm finally in high school. Let's fucking go. My hair was dyed blue. Bright, brilliant blue. First time I had ever done it professionally. I paid $180 cash to have a shoddy professionally bleach, blow dry, and dye my hair. It looked magnificent. It was a bright blue. I loved it. Everybody else hated it. <laughs> Everybody else thought I was a queer. They called me faggot. They called me gay. Uh, I thought I was, you know, going to be something else. I completely understand now uh, why I got bullied. I had blue hair. I showed up to school in a hentai sweatshirt. That You know, the black and white Ahego hoodie that you see niggas wear when they're... Oh, uh-oh. Little... Miami me slipped out. Fuck. Uh-oh. Someone's gonna be pressed. Uh-oh. Should've just moved on like I didn't say it. Fuck. <laughs> Looks like this is no longer gonna be monetized. That you see people wear... <clears throat> that you see people wear... And, uh, they get, you know, I got, I got bullied for that hoodie, man. That, that hoodie was something else. It, uh, I completely understand why I got made fun of for it. And I don't hold remorse against anybody now for bullying me. Because if I saw someone like that, I would 100% bully the fucking shit out of them. Completely for their own good. Like, I would bully them just to, to try and hope that they would learn from their mistakes. But, um, it wasn't until my sophomore year that I really kind of, found who I was supposed to hang out with, uh, I met a bunch of people, once I had gotten swapped out of regular to honors, because my freshman year we got hit by Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Irma was crazy, that was pretty crazy, they shut down schools, they, sh yeah, it was, it was a cur category 5 hurricane, bro, category 4, I don't remember, but, uh, our whole island was covered in sand, like, the roads and the power lines were all knocked down. The roads were all covered in sand. Nobody could drive. They had to shut down the island for a few days. Nobody could leave or enter because it was a, it was a, it was a road hazard. And, um... Uh, so, school was shut down for a bit. And in between the process, like, right before we got sent home because of Irma, my teachers decided that uh, I was eligible for honors. My <laughs> English teacher... Uh, no, sorry, not before. I'm so stupid. Afterwards, after Irma, um, because Irma hit my English teacher, Mr. Alexander, no, Mr. whatever, Mr. something, quit, mysteriously left. We assumed it was because his apartment got fucking skadooshed out of existence. I don't know. Maybe it was because he was like, my wife is cheating on me. I'm fucking out of this bitch. I'm going to Hawaii, saucing up some luau girl. I don't know. Whatever, bro. He dipped fast as fuck. For like two weeks, we didn't have a teacher. I was hanging out with the girl I liked at the time, Shelby. 
redhead girl. She was the only redhead girl in the entire school. I thought she was fine as hell. She could sing. She was crazy. <laughs> she was something else. But uh, he, he left. The teacher left. So we got a replacement teacher after a few weeks. Her name, Megan Stockstead. You're going to hear about Miss Stockstead later on in the podcast here. Uh, <clears throat> so he left, and Miss Stockstead comes along, and, and Miss Stockstead kind of really kind of realizes my talent. She notices, just like Miss Alfonso did previously, she realizes that I'm I'm a bit more... What you want to say? I'm a bit more... Mm, a little bit better at um, reading and writing than everybody else was. I was a little bit more advanced. Sorry, I paused for a second to go and get some water. If I'm not quite on... Uh, what I was talking about previously, I was only gone for 30 seconds, but I literally forgot what I was saying. Um, I went, I ran out of water. Uh, yeah, Megan Stockstead, she kind of made me, she was the one who voted to put me in honors. So, she voted me for honors, and I was bumped up to her honors class. And amongst my other classes, they were then switched to honors, such as... I got put in um, <clears throat> honors, social studies, whatever you want to call it, and and whatever AP or honors science honor, uh, yeah, I I got put in biology honors. I got put in uh, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. I got put in honors, okay, and I absolutely aced English honors, social studies honors. I aced. It was when I was in. Uh, Science. My freshman year. Who's my freshman year science teacher? Dr. Gwadi. We were studying AP Physics. Not AP Physics, but whatever you want to call it. Physics Honors, Physical Science Honors. It's not the same thing as physics. Vastly different subjects. Physical Science Honors. He was something else. He was Cuban, I think. That was the first time I had ever met a teacher who was actually racist to, to, to me. Specifically, I had seen racist teachers before, but I had never experienced racism myself. <clears throat> he was something else, man. He did not like me. But I was put in honors classes, and that's when I really met the people that I still remember to this day. I met um, a bunch of people in my social studies class. I met ma mainly the group that I hung out with until my junior year. Some of us broke apart because they just were shitty fucking people. Some of them broke apart because they no longer wanted to be associated with the image that the rest of us had. So, my friend group changed vastly over my freshman and sophomore and junior year. Uh, mo mostly my freshman and sophomore year because that's how it is for everybody. They meet the groups, they, they meet the people that they fit in with, they meet the such and such, you know, they meet people that are similar to them, and, uh, I met people that I fucked with, people that I could relate to, you know, people who had Markiplier and Jacksepticeye stickers on their keyboards and their laptops, people who listened to, to music that I did, people who wore the same clothes that I did, and, um, as we kind of grew older and we, we grew up, my freshman and sophomore year went by pretty slow, they were pretty mediocre for me, I remember getting made fun of pretty badly, I remember trying to fit in I remember trying to just adapt to to the new area that I was into and it was it was rough you know I was going through some seriously rough times because this is where my the abuse I was receiving from my stepfather really kind of reached its peak this is where it was 
definitely edits worse because I was old enough to kind of start fighting back and he didn't really like that so he made it worse and worse and whenever I fought back he had issues and you know I was pretty receiving some pretty hateful stuff from him and uh congratulations lad we are just passing the one hour mark I love you all very much celebratory drink of water stay hydrated um <clears throat> it was when I kind of really realized that he was never going to treat me right so I started fighting back started putting up for myself standing up for myself no bueno did not like that definitely got worse <laughs> um my freshman and sophomore year were pretty chill I guess I wasn't banned my freshman year I was no longer in band in my sophomore year my freshman year, I realized that if I liked music, I wasn't going to be in band. The band teacher was shitty. His name was literally Kermit. Uh, I, I fell asleep in class every day type shit. It was a horrible band. Nobody knew how to fucking play. Uh, there was a few people that knew how to play. Um, remember them to this day. They graduated before I did. Uh, but uh, the people who were really good were uh, the who were the most talented people. In that band, I would probably say uh, the baritone players. The baritone players were probably the most talented. That and the tuba player, he was pretty chill. The tuba player was a fucking beast, man. That guy was a unit. I loved that guy. <clears throat> Anyways, my sophomore year goes around. I want to go up to my my senior year and kind of end off this podcast here because that's that's pretty much all I've experienced up until this point. It's Eighteen years I've gone through in an hour, so. You know, we're kind of we're skipping over some large parts here, I feel like, and I don't even know. So, my freshman and sophomore year, multiple times I've said those words now. Um, they were slow. Bullied a lot. My junior year comes around. I enroll in Navy Reserve Officer Training Corps. Navy Junior Reserve Officer Training Corps. NJROTC. That was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. That was where... I was peer pressured into joining by a girl named Elizabeth Kuznetskov and her boyfriend Matthew Moldovsky, along with Alton Gaventure and Solveig Gutierrez, who were already enrolled in the program. Uh, well, so, uh, um, what you call it? Solveig and uh, Elizabeth were not quite enrolled yet. They were just um, hanging out around the men that they liked, which were Matthew Moldovsky and Alton Gaventure. Uh, they were enrolled in the program. Matthew Moldovsky and Alton Gaventer were both a grade above Elizabeth Solvay and I. So, uh, they were, they had already been in the program for a year. Um, and we enrolled, and I met a man named Jamal Gibson. Chief Gibson. Chief! The man. God. I am looking up at the award that he gave me as I graduated my senior year. Chief Petty Officer of the Year Award. And the medal that's hanging on my wall, along with the tassels that he gave me. I cried when I had to say goodbye to that man. That was a man that I genuinely considered a male role model in my life. When I had to shake his hand and show him my diploma and we hugged, I cried. Uh, you know, that man's a good man. He, he, uh, we sat there every day in class and he, he made me smile. He made me laugh. I was home. I was with the people that I, that I could fit in with. I was with the people that I fucked with. He was smart intelligent he liked the fact that i knew how computers worked 
He wanted me to teach others. He wanted me to show others how to use computers like I did. He wanted me to teach people how to program. That was magnificent. I I had told my teachers about the fact that I could program in JavaScript and C++ and, and Ruby on Rails, and, and they were like, what the fuck is that? I told Chief, and the first thing he told me was, can you teach anybody else? If a man... If the first thing that he asks you is something along those lines, you just say yes. You don't fucking say no. You don't say anything. You say yes, chief. You say yes, sir. Yes, whatever. Yes, drill. It doesn't fucking matter. Yes, chief. I got you. Whatever you fucking need, you do it. Because he, he was the same attitude for us. If we showed up to class one day and were like, chief, I don't have this. He went, I got you, cadet. What you need. That was him. He had... He did 25 years in the Navy, spent a year on the submarine in the Antarctic. This man was a fucking beast, okay? He was Puerto Rican Dominican. His mother had him at the age of 13. And he is now 50-something. He's turning 50... I think he just turned 50, like... He might be 51, 52 now, because it's been a little bit... (laughs) I think he's 50, 51 now. Um, but yeah, that, that man was something else. The R- ROTC was where I, I fit in the most. You know, we uh, I had a place to be. I had people that could relate. I had people I could make jokes to and they would laugh. And girls that I thought were cute. And, and it was it was magnificent. I had a, I had a place. I had a, I had a home. In high school, I had a home. So did everybody else. And I, I feel like... I want to talk about the stigmatism behind ROTC and clubs such as that. A lot of people bullied me for being in ROTC. I didn't give a fuck. I couldn't care less. They they laughed at me because I got to have pizza parties after school with the friends that I enjoyed the most. And we got to carry around rifles in school and flags and dress up nice. Like, why are you hating, bro? I was chilling. I was living the life. I have awards and medals from that shit. I have my, I have my uniform in my closet. Chief Petty Officer First Class Cadet Forester. And, uh... Unfortunately, that only lasted for my, uh, sophomore year. My, uh... Or my junior year, sorry. My senior year comes around. February. COVID-19. Boom. March. Everybody's out of school. We thought it was going to be two weeks. August comes around. We're still not in school. September comes around. We're still not in school. They set us to do virtual school. Chief doesn't know how to use computers like he, like I do. He, 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 he loves computers and I think he does know how to use computers very well. But Microsoft Teams and Zoom are just such shitty platforms. After COVID hit, even before COVID hit, ROTC really kind of started breaking apart because of the introduction of, of whether it was the fact that, you know, Elizabeth, uh, I, I didn't quite fit in anymore after that because I always kind of knew from the beginning that I was the, the last one in the group. I always have been that one kid in the group that everybody kind of fucks with and never really fucks with. So... I, as the years, of the years, as the days went by, I kind of realized that everybody was kind of distancing themselves from me. I say everybody, I mean the group. The people that I was going to ROTC with were still, you know, really chill with me. 
But um, near our the end of our junior year, some new people moved into our class, and uh, I was I was happy, man. But my, I I really wasn't I wasn't really happy. I mean, because, um, I I let the people that uh I let close to me hurt me. I let the people who I I let my walls down, and the one time I let my walls down and opened up my gates or whatever you want to call it, let down my my doors, open my doors, I get hurt. I get ruined. I trusted these people. I still talk to, to, to some of them. But, you know, it didn't work out, bro. They all said peace without even trying to say goodbye to me. They just kind of dipped. I talked to Solvay and Matthew and Alton a little bit. Solvay still goes to, still went to my school until we graduated. But, um, anyway, the whole, the whole point of this is that um it just got to I'm trying to end off this podcast here, you know. As we all kind of spaced out and grew apart, I realized that maybe things weren't going so well as I had hoped they were. Um I realize now it was my junior year in high school. Um technically my senior because you know, everybody had already graduated from COVID distance. They literally graduated virtually. And, uh, I was a senior, um, I was a senior in high school and I wasn't even allowed to go to school. I was sitting in my room playing GTA, smoking weed, fucking chilling out every day. (laughs) It was miserable, bro. I was bored alone. I didn't have anybody to talk to. I showed up for my 30 minutes of class each, every other two hours and did whatever work was assigned, I guess, and got an A. Sometimes I got an F. It was tough, man. I, I My whole senior year went by in a flash. My senior year was over before I even knew it. My senior year, we didn't have a prom. We didn't have a homecoming. We didn't have nothing. We were still doing virtual until, like, January or February something. February, like, after Valentine's Day, man. So, my senior year goes by and we don't have fuck all. We've been sitting at home the whole year. And this happened to everybody. This happened to every kid in school. Some people got back earlier. Some places didn't get hit by COVID as bad. Oh, I think my fish is trying to remove his dead scales. That must be what it is. Like, dead skin. He's, like, scraping it away, I guess. I don't know. Do fish need to do that? I guess so, but fuck me, ADD, back on subject, um, my senior year wasn't, wasn't as good, <laughs> I'm sitting here now, it's 1.45 in the morning, and I'm recording a podcast, I've <sighs> barely done much in the past week, have you guys seen the show on Netflix called Inside by Bo Burnham, that is how I feel right now, I, uh, spontaneously decided to record a podcast at 145 technically midnight and uh, I fucking went with it yo and uh, I think that's uh, where we're gonna end it here we're gonna circle all the way around and I just decided to fucking do it I, I just did it you know my senior year was shitty who fucking cares man who cares that these people didn't say goodbye to me who cares that you know I, I, I didn't have the the time or the, the, I didn't get to go on grad bash or trips or whatever. Who cares if I 
you know, rode the bus alone to school every day. And when I did go to school, nobody else did. It was fucking five people in my senior class who went. So we just slept all day. Like, it was boring as shit. But who cares? I graduated. I'm out of it. I'm a better person now. I, I, I remember all the time I was like, oh, man. I used to think some of these girls in my high school were super hot and super cute. Some of them were. Some of them were okay. But let me tell you, holy fucking shit. I can't believe that I spoke to half the people I did in high school, man. Some of these people were so bummy, disgusting, gross. And I I imagine, I guarantee you someone feels the same way about me. I don't fucking care. (laughs) Uh, Anyways. Just, just, who cares? You know, live your life. Live high school as it is. I think that's going to be, hopefully, if there's no other copyright infringements in the foreseeable future, I think we're going to call this the Live Life Podcast. And, uh, as always, lads, thank you so much for, as always, Jesus Christ. Sorry, that's the YouTuber in me. I used to record YouTube videos. My little PlayStation. Uh. Thank you all for listening to the very first episode of the Live Life Podcast. Maybe. Don't quote me on that. No copyright yet. So this is not technically the Live Life Podcast. This is an unnamed podcast. Hopefully next episode we will have an actual live guest. Uh, Thank you all for listening. And uh, have a magnificent night.